You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. And make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. Well, it's a little bit serious tonight. We're going against culture. Title of the message, okay? So, you know, before, before service, Gibson actually talked a little bit to me about some commercials that are on during the NCAA basketball that Adidas is sponsoring transgender. You know, they're, they're wanting all the males to become female athletes. So we're going against culture. And culture is changing America, and it's changing the world. And culture tells us that it's okay to have an affair. When Jesus tells us, he says in Matthew 5, 27, that thou shalt not commit adultery. The world says it's okay. What's it going to hurt, Right? Culture tells us that it's okay to abort babies, but God says in Exodus 20 and 13, thou shalt not kill. Culture tells us that we can choose our gender. If we don't like ourselves, that's a lie from the devil. If you're born a boy, you're a boy, and you're going to become a man. You're born a girl, you're going to be a girl, and you're going to become a woman. Amen? It is who we are. God, culture says that it's okay to be queer or gay. That too is a lie from the devil. Genesis 2 and 18 says, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should live alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. God made man for woman and woman for man. And we're to be joined together in one flesh. We're commanded to love one another. Jesus said, love one another. But we're to love our mate. We're not to mate with everybody and we're not to mate with the same gender. Amen. For America, the United States of America, it's a great nation. It's a great place to live. It's one nation under God. And God we trust. We're created on God. Amen? We're allowed, we've allowed so many cultures and so much diversity in. And that's what makes America great. That is what makes America great. But however, we've allowed so much that it's conflicting what we've been raised on. Prayer in school. I remember praying in school. God is good. How'd it go? I thank the Lord for our daily bread. I mean, it was just simple, quick. It was just a quick prayer. We lost our 10 commandments. They've been taken out of, the, out of the courthouse. They've been taken out of the family pretty much. I mean, we've lost everything. Before too long, we're going to lose the Pledge of Allegiance. Why? Because we've allowed cultures that have come in that are Islamic, Hindu, whatever, Buddhist, and they don't agree with what we say. Well, they need to go back to their own culture. We are raised in a culture and a society that trusts in God. The United, Ameri- the United States of America's individual liberty and justice for all in God's nation, right? Culture, we're fighting against it. However, as a church, we've accepted it. We've kind of set back and we need to be a little bit more vocal. You know, I'm thankful to see those women who are protesting the transgender swimming. Uh, no man needs to race against a woman. Now, if there's women that, that are qualified to race against men, more power to it. I'm, I'm all about that. If I get beat by a girl, I get beat by a girl. I can handle that. <laughs> but culture has changed many people. Even in the Bible, we see how culture changed societies. But we're going to take a look at some people tonight that fought against culture. In Exodus 1 and 22, we see, and Pharaoh charged all his people saying, every son that is born, you shall cast into the river and every daughter you shall save alive. Pharaoh has commanded all boys to be aborted by the river. Exodus 2 and 2, and we're gonna stay in Exodus 2 for a minute. And the the woman conceived and bare a son 
And when she saw that he was a, God, a goodly child, she hid him for three months. Josebed made a decision to go against culture. Everyone else cast their son into the river. Everyone else was scared of Pharaoh. Their life was more important than the son that they had. They saved their, their daughters were saved, but the son was cast away. Josebed was determined to save her son, that she would keep him alive. She hid him so that she could keep him alive. She built a small boat out of papyrus reeds and surrendered her to the water. She's teaching us a valuable lesson right here by doing that. Josephette has total confidence in God. God has already saved her child, already protected her child. But she's promoting to us this lesson that to know in whom we believe, to, to, that to know in whom we believe, she encourages to place our most valued possessions in his care. Amen. By doing so, not only did she save her son, God will use her son to save a nation. If Josebed would have went with the world around her, we wouldn't have had her son Moses. Pharaoh's daughter, whether or not she knew Pharaoh's daughter was bathing, doesn't matter. She trusted in the Lord and, and she sent Moses in his little boat down the river. Pharaoh's daughter spots the little boat and she draws Moses out of the water. And she adopted Moses right there. See, we can't always see God working, but he's working for us. She, she, she went against culture. She said, I'm going to save my son. I'm going to do whatever it takes to save him. And as she put him in the boat, I'm sure that she was just praying, Rosie. Lord, whatever it takes. And it turned out that, that she sent her daughter to watch the boat. Just, just watch it float down and see what happens to it. What happens? Pharaoh's daughter pulls it out. And her daughter runs over. Do you need somebody to nurse that child? Do you need somebody to help take care of that child? We can't see what God's doing. But God's always working for us if we work for him. If we go forward in the right manner, if we go forward in obedience, God is working for us. He's drawn out and Josebed has the privilege of her son returning to her. And she raises her son up in the Hebrews ways and the Hebrew traditions and ways. And when Moses reached a certain age, he was returned to Pharaoh's daughter. And then he learned the Egyptian way. And Moses grew up in the Egyptian culture. Still in, chapter, and still in chapter two, Moses saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew brother. Verse 12, so he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him. What about you? How many times have you looked this way and you've looked that way and there's nobody watching and you just did whatever you wanted to do? But there's always those pair of eyes that are in the sky that are watching us, watching our obedience, watching our walk, you know, whenever I was in seventh grade, I got double dog dared to go into Rite Aid and steal a pair of sunglasses. Well, I looked this way and I looked this way and there was nobody there, right? So I took that pair of sunglasses. Little did I know that my basketball coach's wife was the manager of Rite Aid and she had a pair of eyes in the sky. So you're going to get caught when you're doing it wrong. God sees all of us and he knows our heart. And he knows when we sin. Amen. He thought he was doing right for his Hebrew brothers. But the next day he comes out and he sees two, two Hebrew brothers fighting. And he asks them to stop. And one says, why? You going to kill us next? Culture can change us. And culture will judge us. Right there on the spot. He was trying to protect his Israelites. 
But right there on the spot, the same people he was trying to protect turn right against him. And it will happen every day of our lives if we're not careful. That's why we have to live a righteous life. Moses needed to repent of his sins and live right. That's the same for us. We need to repent of our sins and live right. Don't try to fit into culture. Live righteous before culture and before God. Live a righteous life. Moses runs to the wilderness and he hides. When we've done wrong, we try to hide also. When we sin, we try to hide also. The greatest example was Adam and Eve. What'd they do? They sinned. And what did they do next? They went and hid. But what did God say? I know where you're at. Come out, right? God sees it. God loves you and he desires you. He doesn't want you to hide. You've sinned, you messed up. You repent of those sins. Give it to God and come back to him. He doesn't want you to quit living for him. He wants you to admit it, quit it, and forget it. You're special to God. Live right. Go against culture. Still in Exodus 2, Moses is run into the wilderness, and he's beside of a well when a group of women shepherds come. They arrive at the water to water their herd. And the shepherds wouldn't allow, they wouldn't allow these women to water their flock. Why? Because of the culture of that day, men go first. Ladies, wait your turn. That may be an hour, that may be two hours, that may be three hours. Who knows how many, who knows how many herds were there, how many shepherds were there? It was to them, they were being bullied, right? But what does Moses do? Moses stands up and he goes against culture. He says, nah, I'm here first. I've been sitting here all day waiting for, waiting for somebody with a pitcher to draw me a drink. So if you draw me a drink, I'm going to help water your herd because I'm a man. And their dad's sitting at home. Ruel's sitting at home. You know, he, he's, he's back, relaxed. All seven daughters are away. The herd's away. Man, I'm just having a good time by myself. This is good. You ever had seven daughters? Me neither. I only got one. And whoo! I mean, come on now. You know what I'm saying? He's relaxed. You know what he does? How have you returned so quick? How have you come back so fast? They said, an Egyptian stood up for us and fought for us. He went against culture and they were allowed to water their flock. Moses standing against culture. God knew that Moses was special. Culture may change you. We may stumble. We may fail. We may fall, but don't let culture change who you are. If you confess Jesus, you're a child of the most high God. Don't let culture change you from loving God. Don't let culture change you from living for God. With the love of God, change the culture that you're in. Amen? Judges chapter 11, the Ammonites began to make war with Israel. They're encamped in Gilead. And Gilead's a mountainous region on the east of the Jordan, occupied by the tribe of Gad, the tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Reuben. And the Ammonites believe that these tribes have stolen their land. 350 years ago, this land was taken from them. Can you believe that they're still holding a grudge and they want this land back? I would say that it's time to move on. But could you imagine that you hold a grudge for so long? This is culture. You could hold a grudge for so long that it's passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation where it's still being held on. That, that anger, that hurt, that bitterness. How much grudge are we holding that might be affecting our generations and we don't even pay attention? Maybe the, the loose words that we let fly out of our lips about somebody that we may not like. 
you know, we got the Hatfields and McCoys in West Virginia. How long did that go on from generation to generation? The people and the princes of Gilead have no commander in chief. They're asking themselves, who's the man who will begin the fight against the people of Ammon? Chapter 11, Judges 1 through 3. Now Japheth the Gilead was a mighty man of valor, and he was a son of a harlot. And Gilead begat Japheth. I want to stop for a second. If you were born out of wedlock, if you were born as an oops baby, if you were adopted, if you were born out of an affair, you have value. We saw that in Moses. Moses was adopted. He was valuable to the kingdom of God. Anybody here that may have been in any of those situations, you are valuable to the kingdom of God. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Whenever you find out that you were adopted, don't get discouraged. They were just trying to protect you because they love you. If you were an oops baby, don't get discouraged because they were just trying to protect you because they love you. You weren't a mistake. God placed you in that womb. God birthed you into this world for a time and a season. You have great value. You've been measured by a price that can't re can't be repaid, and that's Jesus Christ and the cross, amen? And Gilead's wife, verse two, bare him sons, and his wife's son grew up and thrust out Japheth and said unto him, thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. He just got bullied. He just got kicked out of his family. No inheritance, no love. Then Japheth fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men to Japheth, and he went out with him. They went out with him. And Japheth, I believe, was hurt. I believe he was scared. I believe he was scarred. But he didn't stop living life. He lived life. No matter what you go through in life, no matter how bad you've been hurt by your family, by friends, by your work, don't stop living life. Put on the joy of the Lord every day. Get up and just say, Lord, I need your joy because of the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when we got the strength of the Lord and we got the joy, we'll be able to press through whatever we're fighting against. Amen? Sure, it's not fun being different or rejected, but remember, you're valuable to the kingdom of God. Don't stop living no matter what's happened. The earth is not our home. We're journeying through it. Make the best of it. Impact people's lives with the love of God. So Japheth is rejected. He moves to Tob and becomes a mighty leader of vain men. He becomes like a mob boss. His men follow him in various adventures where he learned and perfected the art of war. He's made a name for himself. He's a tough guy. He's someone that you don't want to mess with. Chapter 11, five through seven says, and it was, it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Japheth out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Japheth, come and be our captain that we might fight with the children of Ammon. Japheth responds to the elders, do you not hate me and expel me out of my father's house? Why are you come unto me now when you are distressed? He can't believe what he's hearing. You watched my family cast me out. You helped pack my bags. You helped me walk me to the end of the town and you waved bye-bye. You could have fed me. You could have brought me into your house. You could have adopted me. But all of you, all of you just kicked me to the curb with no love. We might face rejection, right? We might feel like an outcast. We may walk through things that we just don't understand why. We may even ask the questions, why is this happening to me? God, why? Where are you, God? In the middle of all of our storms, in the middle of all of our thoughts that are running through our mind, those questions, there's a time in my life where those questions ran through my mind. 
and you're trying to move on from those thoughts. Some of us still face those thoughts today of the rejection and the lies that have been spread about us. We're hurt so much. You feel like you don't fit in anywhere and you're trying everywhere to fit in somewhere. Could it be that God is allowing us to go through something to mold us so that when we do get through the breakthrough, we're able to impact people's lives? Japheth cast out, becomes a mob boss, only to be called by God's people to help them in war. Japheth tells the, the leaders and the elders of Gilead, if the Lord delivers the children of Ammon into my hands, you make me head over all Gilead. He's saying, I'll come and fight the war for you, but you're going to make me president. You're going to make me commander in chief during peace and during war. I'm not just here. You kick me to the curb. You want me back. I'm going to be the leader of this great nation. And the elders agree and promise Japheth to be captain of the army and the leader of Gilead. So Japheth, he sends a message to the king of Ammon trying to settle this matter without war, but the king won't hear him. Again, it's 350 years. And these people still think that the land's been stolen from him. He sent a land, he sent, he sent a messenger trying to reason with the king of Ammon again. Israel took nothing that the Lord God of Israel had not granted the children of Israel. And again, the king of Ammon refuses to hear him. Chapter 11, 29 through 31. Then the spirit of the Lord came up on Japheth and he passed over Gilead and Manassas and passed over Mizpah of Gilead and from Mizpah of Gilead, he passed over unto the children of Ammon. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, all you have to do is listen and obey. The Holy Spirit will inspire you. He will endue you with power to accomplish the purpose that God has called you for. In this case, Japheth is about to war. However the Holy Spirit leads us, he will deliver us if it's of God. Amen. But what does Japheth do in verse 30 and 31? And Japheth vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, if thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Japheth made a rash vow right there unto God. We make, a, we make vows all the time unto God. Father, if you heal my child of this, hey, we pastor talked about it this morning. Many times we, we see people come in here, they kneel down, they get a miracle, they get the miraculous touch of God and right out the door they go. But while they were here getting that miraculous, they probably made a vow, I'll come every Sunday. I, I will be faithful, I'll be here all the time. But once they get the miraculous, they're gone. Japheth made a vow. Many times we make those vows. Japheth goes to war against the Ammonites and God delivers the children of Ammon into his hands. He's victorious in war. Japheth come home to Tob and his daughter is the first to come out and meet him. Remember the vow unto the Lord. The first thing out the door, well, I offer it as a burnt offering. At this time, some houses in those days were two stories. The bottom was like a barn and all the livestock and the family lived on top. So when he made that rash vow unto God, he was thinking that the first thing out of there would be an animal. However, it's custom that the women come dancing out of the houses when a triumphant warrior returns to celebrate the victory through this war. But this was his one and only child, his only daughter. 
he tears up and he tears his clothes. Verse 35, and it came to pass when he saw her that he rent tore his clothes and said, alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low and thou art one that troubled me for I've opened my mouth unto the Lord and I cannot go back. Japheth carries out his vow. Let me remind you that he was a gangster. He was a mob boss. We don't exactly know the culture that he lived in. Remember, Japheth was futile, vain, hollow, empty, a man of war. So I'm going to give you two possible interpretations. The one possibility is because of the culture that he grew up in. Japheth offered his daughter up as a burnt offering. Mm. The culture he grew up in, we don't know it, but it can change us. The other possibility, his daughter was consecrated, dedicated to Jehovah, where she was to remain a virgin and be a servant to the temple of the Lord forever. However, Jathus lineage is over, for that's his only daughter. In my opening statement, I said, we may stumble, we may fail, we may fall, but don't let culture change who you are. In the opening sentence of Japheth, chapter 11, verse 1, now Japheth, the Gileite, was a mighty man of valor. I believe Japheth wasn't changed by the culture. And his daughter was dedicated to Jehovah, our Lord, knowing that God would not accept a human sacrifice. That she was in service to the Lord in his temple all the days of his life. In closing tonight, Jesus was born in this world, tempted on and in every way. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, For we know not and a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That means our physical or mental weaknesses. But was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Don't run and hide. When you sin, don't run and hide. Jesus knows it all. God knows it all. The Father's seen it all. He's seen Jesus walk through it perfectly. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we sin, when we mess up, lay down our burdens unto the burden-bearing God. That'll take it all. We sang about it. It'll give us freedom when we lay it down. Jesus was born in a world of war, and he brought peace. People fought with God, fought with each other, fought with themselves. Jesus was born in a world of pride, and he brought humility. He gave his life as a ransom for many Jesus was born in a world of rebellion and he brought obedience. He sought not his own will, but the will of his father. Jesus was born into a world of hate, but he brought love because he laid it all down for us. Jesus was born in a world of death and he brought life. Sounds like Jesus lived in the culture that we live in today, right? Sounds like Jesus walked in the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Bringing life to those who choose it. John 4 and 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Is that anyone here tonight? Have you ever confessed Jesus? Have you never confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior? 
I would encourage you to tonight. I would encourage you, all eyes are up and all heads. If that's you, I would say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. If not, I would encourage you to walk through this culture, standing on the word of God, standing with the the Lord. Go against culture. Let's change our culture with our walk and our talk and the joy of the Lord and the love of Jesus. Don't give up. Keep praying and keep seeking God in everything that you do. Amen? Amen. If you will, bow your heads and close your eyes. Again, I don't know anybody's heart. This is the message that the Lord gave me. I felt like I was kind of piggybacking on pastor's message this morning. I would ask you to examine your heart. Are you going through something that culture is beating you down, whether in family or at job? Is there anybody here that's just beat down and tired and weary? If that's you, I'd raise your hand, and I would encourage you to come down here. We'll get some people to pray with you. Listen, don't let culture beat you. The Lord loves you. He laid down his life for you so that you could have peace. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came to give life and that you may have it more abundantly. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have rest in the middle of the night. He wants to bless you and keep you. Is there anybody here tonight that say, I need need that peace. I'd encourage you to come. Again, I would ask, are your minds and your hearts right with Jesus Christ? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm thankful for the word tonight, Lord God. Lord, I pray a hedge of protection over us, Lord God. I plead the blood of Jesus over us for protection from the adversary, the junk, the world, and every storm that comes against us. I plead the blood of Jesus over us for protection from temptation, Lord God. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over us that we'd have boldness and courage to stand for what's right in this great nation. Lord, I pray that we walk with humility, meekness, love, Lord God. Lord, I pray that we could bring peace to every individual that we come in contact with. Lord, I pray that we continue to release our burdens, our cares, as you said, cast them all upon you. Lord, I pray that we lay them down at the foot of the cross and not pick them up. Lord, I pray for freedom for people's minds, Lord God. You saw that we battle ourselves, Lord God. Those issues, they've always been, always will be probably until the day that we step into glory with you. We'll battle our thoughts, Lord God. I pray for peace, Lord God. I pray that grudges and anger could be released tonight, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in the service, Lord God. Lord, we want all of you. We need all of you. You are our one defense and you are our righteousness. There is no other way, Lord God, but through Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We ask your blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups.